Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, ladies. Today on our Mom to Mom podcast, we're interviewing Brittany Meese. She's been married to her husband, Taylor, for 10 years. Brittany is the mother of four children. She has a six-year-old daughter, four-year-old twin boys, and a two-year-old son. On a personal note, I count Brittany as a dear sister in Christ and a co-laborer in the ministry at Orange Crest Community Church. Our theme today is how to prepare for transitions in parenting. I'm excited to hear from our guests because one of our main goals in the mom-to-mom ministry is to help moms as they train the next generation, and this starts earlier than we think. So Brittany, thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come to talk about this subject. I I know you have a busy life, and so let's go ahead and get started with our first question. What would you say to a first-time mother who's preparing to to become a mom? Well, I think first I would say congratulations. Um, (laughs) Motherhood has been one of the sweetest and most fulfilling experiences of my life. Um, what a treasure to train and raise these precious children. When I think back to just six years ago, which um, can feel like yesterday and then also like a really long time ago (laughs) when we had Nora, um, I'm just totally flooded with emotions. I was so excited and then also really stressed about failing her as a mother. Um, I vividly remember the first time I held her. My heart could hardly contain this fierce love welling up inside for her. And then just total gratitude to God for allowing me to be her mother. But it was also super overwhelming. Um, I didn't feel normal for a while, and I wasn't really sure what the new normal would look like. There were so many logistics to work through. Um, Figuring out how to nurse and feed your baby and when. Um, Sleepless nights and operating on a lot less sleep. Um, unexplained fussiness, I just, I don't know why she's crying, but she is, um, getting her to sleep regularly and on some sort of rhythm and routine. So there were really some moments where it feels like survival that first year, but it's also so, so good. And um, there's so much sweetness in the midst of that, um, kind of stress of figuring out how, how to do this. Um, so you did email me these questions in advance. Uh-huh, I and- did. Um, thank you. <laughs> um, so I've actually spent a lot of time thinking about the question, what would I say to a first-time mother who is preparing to be a mom? And I try to think about things that I am really grateful people told me, and then um, things I wish someone had told me. So um, the first thing I would say is start a routine now, if you haven't already, of spending time regularly in the Word, um, just going before God. Building this habit will only become more challenging when your baby arrives. (laughs) Um, At first, their demands are physical, literally. You are physically like up with them or feeding them, um, and it feels like it's around the clock, which can make sleepiness a very fierce competitor for a quiet time. Um, And (laughs) the struggle is real. Um, I wish I had kept a better grip during those early years, and and, uh, what I really wish is I had done a better job beforehand of um, making that a true habit, um, because it, it just got harder. Um, as they grow, their needs are less around the clock. They can be more independent, but their needs are more complex. And so I find myself needing God's help and the renewing of scripture on my mind desperately in my parenting today. Um, so 
my, this is kind of what I say to myself. I'm mm-hmm. not preaching at anyone, but trying to, to train myself to say no to TV or Netflix and the phone or Instagram um, until I've had a chance to find time with God. Um, just really making that a priority has been just a tremendous help in my parenting. Um, on a similar note, <laughs> if there are any books you've been wanting to read, read them now, Pregnant Mama. Um, especially books that cover parenting principles and practices. The, um, those that you plan on referring back to once you're actually in the trenches of parenting. It can be hard to start those books in the midst of, oh my goodness, how do we handle this? Versus, okay, I, I recognize what this is. Maybe I need a refresh on chapter 12, but mm-hmm. I know where to go for help in this area. Um, some of our favorite books that have been really helpful is a book called Parenting, Is There an App for That? by Deborah Bullock. And then Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. Um, both of those books have cast a vision for the why and then the how of parenting. Both of them have very practical aspects that have been a huge help to us. And they'll be amazing resources um, as your child grows. Yeah, I agree. Those books have been really helpful. <laughs> um, I think you actually recommended Shepherding a Child's Heart to me. Um, so the next thing I would say is start how you intend to finish, uh, which, and I mean that from like day one, um, which implies that you've actually thought through where you're going. Uh, what kind of person do you hope this child becomes? Ideally, work with your husband to pray and think through this. Um, starting on the same team will really help you when you have to start making more difficult decisions related to parenting together. Um, And that might start out really simple, like, should we let her cry it out two more minutes or should we go in? And so being on the same page, but then also, um, you know, do we discipline for this? Is this rebellion or is this we haven't trained her? You know, those kinds of questions. Being Mm -hmm. on the same page is really helpful and knowing where you're headed. Um, For us, one of our goals, we're really seeking to raise the next righteous generation, and um, that's actually requiring a great deal of work (laughs) and intentionality, strategy, and training. Um, When we were pregnant with Nora, um, I made a list because uh, someone that I really look up to had done that and of character qualities that we hope to develop in her, um, which at the time I hadn't been exposed to the um, top 10 destination goals for parenting, and um, those are... um, a list of, of 10 like goals that Harold Bullock came up with in one of his Kingdom Family Conferences. Um, and they were really helpful. Um, those could be a great place to start if you don't know. The first two are that you know your child loves God and loves others, and there's mm-hmm. some other aspects of that. Um, but training those goals starts incredibly early. We really hope and pray um, just that our kids will really love and trust God um, We want them to obey him from the heart, Mm -hmm. Um, meaning like they really want to and they trust that um, that God's way really is better. We really hope that they love people um, and that their love for God impacts how they treat people and and that there's a difference really in how they treat people and then how they handle responsibilities in their life. Um, This is actually really motivating for me in the like mundane day-to-day of parenting Um, because sometimes it's like, it would be easier just to say, stop it. (laughs) Um, but it's like, yes, it's worth it to discipline right now or to take the extra time to really train this situation because we're shaping their perspective right now, today, in this moment. Um, we talk a lot about obeying, especially in the, in the early years, because we really want them 
We're trying <laughs> to help them practically experience the benefit of following authority, and we hope later it will translate into walking exactly with their Savior. Um, we discipline because we want them to know that doing life their own way brings pain. We are affectionate and gentle um, intentionally because we want our kindness to open the door to their hearts. Now, we don't do all this perfectly. <laughs> what I'm saying is this is my motivation yes. to do these things because yes. I'm thinking about the end goal. Um, so that the things we do today are because of where we pray we and our children will be tomorrow. And we've, we've been told and we see, I've seen this in real life, that um, each day is full of hundreds of situational training opportunities and how we respond to them and how we train them in each of those moments is teaching them about who God is and how life really works. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's sobering, and um, it brings a lot of meaning for me in the just day-to-day -day parenting. Um, the other thing I would say is get around others who are also trying to parent God's way. Get around the right kind of community, not just moms, but moms who are um, really trying to raise um, kids who will love God. Find a running pack um, with some of our friends, and really, I consider them co-laborers on this parenting journey. Uh, we bounce ideas off of each other. We ask for input. Um, we try to love and help shape each other's kids, which has been really sweet because they actually know my kids, and so I can ask, you know, Hey, I'm seeing this in my child. Are you seeing this? Do you have any thoughts on um, how we could help? We also practically help each other, you know, like babysitting and <laughs> carpools, things like that. But being around friends who are seeking to accomplish the same things in their parenting is huge. Um, I'll never forget, I, I don't even remember which child this was that this was about, but a friend was over and she was disciplining her toddler there in the living room. And my toddler was also, like, not yet too. And my friend was telling her toddler, the same age as mine, to use self-control. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, it hasn't even occurred to me <laughs> to introduce that category to my child. But it was really timely and helpful for my child. And so that, I'm just so thankful for that experience. Um, I've learned how to mother with tenderness and gentleness by watching my dear friends deal kindly with their children and hearing their tone of voice and seeing them, you know, get down on the same level. And like, those things are models to me of like, of how to really treat my kids. Um, I just, I can't overstate this enough. You really need the right kind of mom heroes and, and then marriages and families too. Um, it's helpful to have people to go to for practical advice, you know, like, do I discipline for this? Or we can't seem to make progress in this area. Um, how do I help my child grow in this character issue? Those kinds of questions um, come up all the time. And mm -hmm. so it's really helpful to have friends you can um, process those with. The last thing I would say <laughs> um, is that motherhood is a gift. And it really is a huge part of your mission and training program for your life. You are not missing out. Um, by being a mom. I say this because I struggled with this. Um, I was afraid of missing more formal training opportunities, um, letting some career dreams slip away, things like that. Um, and while motherhood doesn't define your identity, it is a primary way you can contribute to the kingdom during this season of your life. You are loving and serving and shaping and training. And in that process, God is really loving and training and shaping you. 
the tender lessons he has taught me in the living room, <laughs> surrounded by toys <clears throat> and kids, or the endurance that he's grown in me as I've trained a stubborn, stubborn child, <laughs> um, or the understanding he's given me about people as I get to watch my little ones grow and change, and um, what motivates them, what helps them change. It's, it's, a, it's a classroom. Um, and his grace has always been there, carrying me through, um, changing me, Lord willing, for his glory. Wow, that's, um, I think, I appreciate you sharing just, you know, from your experience. And um, as you're talking, I remember when you became a mom for the first time. <laughs> so it was fun to hear how God used that in your life. And um, I've seen that in your life. Um, so now we're going to, uh, kind of shift into your next stage of parenting. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Brittany, um, is a mama to four-year-old twin boys. Mm -hmm. So, so my next question <laughs> is based on that. Uh, how did your perspective change on parenting when you had the twins? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think maybe how didn't it change <laughs> might be a better question. Um, our oldest daughter, Nora, she was so easy. Uh, I don't know that it felt easy at the time, but looking back, um, she was a textbook sleeper, like pretty quickly moved into a, just a really easy rhythm, very even-tempered, um, very compliant, responded really quickly to discipline. If she had been our only child, uh, we might have thought that we were really good parents. <laughs> wow, this is working. Uh, we were trying so hard to do everything right with her, and it actually felt like, this is working! <laughs> um, and then came the twins. Uh, when we found out we were expecting twins, it was very shocking. Um, I was completely terrified of what life would be like. Um, I approached their due date with equal parts dread, which is sad to say, but I, I really was scared of what this was going to look like. Um, and then also just anticipation. I mean, of course I was excited to yeah. meet these children God had given me. Um, th there's a couple of things that like really stand out to me from that season. One is that I just absolutely can't do this on my own. I really, really needed God's help and the help of our church community. Um, I was so tired and overwhelmed, and it really was His grace that sustained me, even when I didn't always know to consistently and faithfully ask for it. He carried me through. Um, I also really learned that a can-do attitude goes a long way. I had to choose to get up and do the next right thing, whether it was um, changing a diaper or doing the dishes, um, but just kind of asking, okay, God, what's what's the next thing I need to accomplish here? Um, there were times when both babies were crying, and I would literally pray, like, God, which one do I soothe first? Which was hard. Yeah. Um, things got easier and harder at around 10 months. Um, their physical needs weren't as demanding, so they were, you know, sleeping through the night and not needing to be held as much, but the training needs were increasing. Um, you know what I'm talking about, moms, that <laughs> two hours in the high chair over one bite of food kind of days. Um, and I can remember moments of just total exasperation, tears, and then actually anger. Um, I really was surprised at the rage that came out of me in frustration. Um, God really used it to expose areas of my heart where I needed to grow as a parent, as a mom, um, in terms of my reactions, 
how I handled stress. And I mean like the, the normal mom stress, like multiple kids talking at once while you're trying to load the car and remember what groceries you're supposed to bring with you to the person's <laughs> house you're going to for dinner. You know, that kind of like, I can just stop. <laughs> um, and like handling those moments with kindness. And then also, you know, big stress moments of, you know, major discipline issues or rebellion. Um, and so just really, God, just exposing my need to grow in self-control and really needing his help. Um, the second thing that stands out um, is just how much I needed community. I needed friends practically <laughs> to help me unload my car when I arrived somewhere with the babies. I needed um, encouragement and laughter, which I got. <laughs> People um, really were encouraging. And then... Um, company, just people to, to spend time um, when it was too much work for me to get out of the house and go somewhere. And what that required is that I had to be honest with people about my needs, um, which is sometimes hard to do. I had to take initiative to invite people over and then being okay with the house not being perfect when they got there <laughs> because the work of trying to get the house ready with twins and a toddler running around um, would, would almost have not been worth it. You know, like it, so it was like, this can't keep me from, from having people over. Mm -hmm. And it was really a, a huge help. Um, with, with a couple of my very dear friends, it was like, we kind of played zone defense when we were together and I, <laughs> and I felt less alone, um, as we cared for each other's kids. Um, and that was a big help. I also realized, um, I couldn't, I actually couldn't meet all of my children's needs which was hard because it felt like I'm failing them. Like, I, I can't hold both boys during, um, like, times when they needed to be held. Or I can't snuggle both of them before they go to bed. Those kind of things mm -hmm. that felt like yeah. they weren't getting enough. And I remember, actually, our pastor's wife, Erica, really encouraging me and saying, when you allow other people to help meet the needs of your children, and I mean this like appropriately, not like raising my kids, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. helping, you know, and that might mean like in a life group, I'm holding a twin and someone else is holding a twin, like when they were babies. Um, the children actually learn that it's God who meets their needs, and he uses people sometimes to do that, but that mom isn't the only one who cares for them. It's bigger than me. It's God. And this really, that perspective really helped me because instead of feeling um, guilty that someone was um, maybe holding Cohen while I was calming Jones, I, I, could, I could see, oh, God is caring for Cohen through this person. Mm -hmm. And um, even though Nora got me to hold her all the time, <laughs> God is still, um, he's still, he is caring for my children. And so that was, um, that was really helpful. That's a really, like, <clears throat> that's a a really sweet picture of community and, um, you know, us working together and to team up to raise our kids. And um, thanks for sharing about that. That's, I appreciate your willingness to share. Um, <clears throat> how did God meet you in this challenging time of parenting? I like that you're saying it's past tense. <laughs> uh, uh, but really, the transition, that, that really is what we're talking about. Um, there were two primary things I had to work through, and I can see so vividly how God met me there. Um, the first thing was fighting the lie that I'm the only one. Um, mm. With twins, normal things were just harder to pull off. 
Um, I remember one particular experience where I tried to participate in the church's pool days. So for mom-to-mom ministry, um, sometimes in the summer we will all meet at a community pool and um, bring your kids and everyone like swims together and hangs out. It's a weekly time to connect. And I hadn't made it yet and I had I had decided, okay, I'm going to go. And I finally timed like all the feedings and the naps and the gatherings of all the things it takes to bring babies around <laughs> water. You know, sunscreen and floaties and towels and snacks and diapers and water diapers and, you know. And so I had packed like, you know, as if I'm going on a vacation. Um, and I get the kids in the car. And I don't want to exaggerate, but I think it might have been one of those world record 110 degree Riverside summer days. <laughs> And so we get there, we work super hard, and I pull up, and nobody is outside in the parking lot to help me. And not that they needed to be, but it was like, okay, no one's out there. (laughs) And um, there's stairs to get up to the Islander. There's probably a ramp somewhere. I don't know where it is. So the stroller was not an option. And so I had to find a way to get the twins, who were not even crawling. Like, I can't set these kids on the floor yet. Nora and our, you know what, they might have been crawling. They were not walking. Um, but Nora and our huge amount of luggage with me up the stairs. So the kids were screaming. It's hot. (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to gather stuff. Um, Nora's having to help carry stuff. And somehow I stumble up the stairs and I get to the entrance and realize you have to pay to get into this pool. I'm like, oh my gosh, cash. So I go back to the car and I'm digging, you know, under my seats in the ashtray, trying to find enough coins. And at this point I'm already close to tears. I finally get enough money to get in. I think the guy might have let me get in for a dollar less. I don't know. I get to our group, and um, and people really did try to help. Like, other moms tried to come. You, actually, I remember, were there that day, Penny, and um, were trying to help. But it was one of those days when the <laughs> twins just wanted me. Uh, no one else would do. And so it, it was just a miserable experience. Like, the twins were unhappy. Nora wanted me to watch her. I couldn't. I had the twins. And so finally I was like, it's over. (laughs) Let's call it. We got back in the car and I sobbed all the way home and um, thinking, I will never do that again. And I actually didn't do that again (laughs) that summer. Um, But the heart of it was this thought that um, no one else has it this hard or no one else understands how hard it was for me just to get here. And um, actually finally admitting that out loud was really healing And over time, through conversations, God helped change my perspective on that. Um, I was able to admit, yes, this is super hard. However, He has not forgotten us. Um, He is using us to train and shape us out of His great love for us. And God really has helped us. Um, People ask all the time, how do you do it with twins? Um, Because no matter what stage I'm at, people are overwhelmed by the thought of twins, you know? Mm-hmm. How did you potty train twins? How are you, you know, whatever it is. Um, and my honest answer is, I don't know. <laughs> it's just normal now. Um, God helps us all. There are still situations that occur where I'll realize, this might be feeling extra hard. This might be a twin thing. <laughs> and just acknowledging that is helpful. Yeah. And then, um, then I, it just helps me know, okay, I need to lean into a strength. And perhaps ask for extra help from others, like moving forward in this area. Um, The other incredibly tangible way God helped me realize I'm not the only one is by introducing me to another twin mom. Um, I had gone to a conference, a church conference in Texas at Hope Church, which is one of our network churches. 
And actually you, I believe, introduced me to someone there um, who had older twins. And um, I was able to have lunch with her, which was so, so helpful. Um, one of the other like lies from the enemy or thought patterns I had to wrestle through, wrestle through was the fear that God would rip my children off because of them being twins. And um, I sat with this seasoned mom and cried through each and every thought and fear. Um, I was really sad for Nora because of the shared attention that she would now face. Um, I was a much more stressed out mom, <laughs> less under control for her. There was less I could say yes to, um, even little things like, can we go outside and play? No, I like, I can't manage to get both babies outside. Like, yeah. you know, little things and big things. <clears throat> and then I was also grieving normal for the boys. Um, they, I, I knew they would never get that one-on-one -on -one attention I was able to give Nora for two years. Um, I had fears that they would always be compared to each other by others. Um, or that people would think of them as hard. Hmm. And um, so as I kind of just poured out my heart to this woman, um, she really cast a vision for me, and it was this. God chose them to be twins. He actually chose Nora to be their big sister, and he chose me to be their mother. And he is using this as part of his plan, part of his training program for all of us. So no, I couldn't give the twins what I gave Nora, but they got something else. And I wasn't really sure in that conversation what that looked like, except for it filled me with this hope that God was working in the midst of this, and he had planned this. And I've really seen this play out over time. Uh, my daughter, at 22 months old, got twin brothers. And she, at that time, she started taking initiative and help. Um, she would calm them when they were in their car seats and she's in the car in between them and they're screaming. She would sing or calm them down. She'd play on the floor with one while I was maybe changing the diaper or feeding another one. Um, she truly, currently, is one of the sweetest and most helpful children. And that's because God um, started teaching her how she could help at just 22 months old. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. Um, he didn't rip her off. He was cultivating this beautiful thing in her heart. And it's an experience that I couldn't have produced. I couldn't have trained this in a devotion in the morning. Um, but God trained it in her by allowing her to really serve her brothers. Um, I also noticed that my boys learned quickly how to share uh, because they had to, <laughs> um, which was sweet. Like God trained some things in them. They, they really watched Nora's example, and they began caring for each other, which was really sweet when my um, my youngest son, Crosby, was born. They were such, um, and continue to be, really amazing big brothers. Not perfect, <laughs> um, but I could see how God had really trained them in some things, and, um, and they already know the world doesn't revolve only around them, mm -hmm. and that's helpful, um, and that helps them as friends, as siblings, as sons. Um, and so I'm really thankful for that. They were able to get past themselves to love and care for Crosby. Um, now it's, we kind of function like a pack, <laughs> um, caring for the needs of each other. Uh, I never could have trained that, nor would I have even thought to, without God giving us so many um, children so close in age. Uh, he has been really kind to us. There are hard moments. There are funny moments. Um, it's sometimes chaotic. But God's goodness and his grace really permeates all of it. 
<clears throat> wow, thanks. I again, you're I, you're sharing so honestly, and I know, um, you know, we don't know who's gonna hear hear this podcast and how it'll speak to them, but I just appreciate you sharing how God really did come through for you, mm-hmm. um, and gave you this, um, and and in this your perspective, how it shifted as, um, you know, the, it seems as though you you've you see it more now as an opportunity, um. Mm-hmm then, you know, this, um, of how God can, what he can teach you through this. And so yeah. that's, that's a, that's an amazing shift in your perspective. And I appreciate you sharing. Um, can you share with me like currently a major theme that God is teaching you in, um, in parenting? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think a big thing is, um, being present and intentional. Um, we kind of have a, a rhythm now in terms of how our days flow, but really um, seeking to make the most of those training opportunities that are presented all day long, um, as opposed to getting maybe distracted by um, something that I need to accomplish that day mm-hmm. or that I need my kids to accomplish. And so really like staying in the game, so to speak. Um, and then really being faithful to be in his word. Um, I really need him. Uh, I need his love to calm me, to allow me to fully lay myself down for my children. Um, I I got some advice last fall to, to just pray scripture every morning, pray that God would put a guard over my words and also over my face uh, because I still can react harshly and quickly. And so I, I just need God's help still <laughs> and self-control. Um, I need his help to really see my children where they are you know, what they're going through, what, what their day is like, and to be kind to them in ways that are specific to each child's needs mm-hmm. and personalities. Um, we do function as a pack, which is good, but there can be bad parts of that too, where I can generalize discipline, like, guys, you know, we're all struggling with this today, which sometimes is appropriate, but sometimes I need to really slow down and, um, and see each kid and what kind of um, training they need, or maybe this one needs more time, or this one needs more sleep, or, you know, kind of evaluating, um, slowing down and evaluating where each child is, is definitely a a big one. Yes, I I remember, my children are older now, but I definitely remember that, too. Um, It's hard to do that. (laughs) Um, On a more personal note, can you, would you mind sharing just like how you're growing um, as a as a person? Yeah, um, I think a big a big thing for me has been um, faithfulness. I'm trying to be more faithful in all the things in my life and um, in my habits. I think God has exposed to me some areas where I could get a tighter grip. Um, some of my responsibilities and it really has to do with how I spend my time and so um, cultivating some habits um, my quiet times for me at this phase of my life it really does need to be in the morning um, before my kids wake up because I I need to be in a place where I'm ready to um, to receive them and care for them and parent them um, not where I'm being woken up by them next to my pillow (laughs) Um, and so it's just, it's time to, like, I'm really trying to be faithful in the morning. Um, and then even in parenting, I can talk about a lot of good ideas, or um, but to faithfully implement them, faithfully implement them is a totally different thing. Uh, my plate feels very full right now. I've had a lot of opportunities to serve and 
um, invest in church life and in other areas of life. And so um, it's kind of asking, how do I remain faithful in all of my different roles and do them well? Um, like as a mom, a friend, a wife, um, leading different church things, um, serving in church areas. So um, I, I just feel like God has really, in recent months, exposed this issue of habit training and really just it's spiritual disciplines. Um, but then also habit training in terms of time management and just a few things like that. So I, I'm working really hard on developing habits so that my instincts are more consistent. And then actually training similar habits in my children. Um, this takes a lot of intentional work and then consistent coaching and encouraging. It's actually a habit to train habits. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, but really just trying to make the most of the time with them. But um just really trying to get a firm grip on um, the things I've said yes to and the things God has given me a stewardship of. And I don't want to just um, operate, like pull them off. I really want to do things well and be operating like by God's grace and as, you know, the Holy Spirit is working in me and that there's this, that the communication between me and God is open and that I'm not just kind of surviving in, in mm -hmm. the opportunities he's giving me. Sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it, it's encouraging to see you. Um, I think it's a good reminder for me just to keep evaluating as, like, you know, different life stages and as our kids grow, like, faithfulness can shift and change and, like, what do I need to be faithful to in different seasons and um, yeah. what God's allowed. And so um, it's encouraging for me to think through, too. Um, okay, one last question. Yeah. I, I, I um, and the, we're trying to ask this of, of, of all our moms that we, um, get an opportunity to chat with here on the podcast. And, um, um, so my last question that I'll be asking you is, um, what's one way you would like to encourage moms who are currently in the trenches of motherhood? Right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, get connected with other moms, figure out how to work hard at the right things. Um, find out what scripture says about parenting and training and trust that God's ways really will bless both you and your children. Um, I would also say don't let this season be a reason you just kind of disengage from serving or church life. Um, we've really benefited from bringing our children along with us. I've been tempted many times to say no to training or ministry or serving opportunities because my plate felt too full. Um, for example, the first year of the twins' life, um, our church was offering, a, for the first time, a two-year discipleship program called North Star. And it involved weekly homework and um, I think it was like bi-weekly or twice-a-month training sessions. Mm -hmm. And then you met with a coach every six weeks and you met with your cluster every six weeks. And it just seemed like, I don't know, that's a lot. And um, we also were asked to, to continue leading a life group, which was really um, surprising to me at first, um, but then just really um, praying through it and saying yes to both, um, I was so glad I did. First of all, because it allowed God to take care of us and meet some practical needs, um, but it also stretched us in our capacity. Um, you will continue to increase your capacity for what you can handle, and, um, and so really just trusting God with that. And obviously everyone has a limit. <laughs> and so know what that is. But it's been a real, it's been a repeated pattern for me that 
something, an opportunity is presented and I, and I think about what it's going to cost me. Um, but then as I say yes and move forward in faith, he really continues to just be faithful and stretch us and grow us. And so, um, just keep after the, you know, the, the mission of um, helping others um, know, know about God and his love for them and bring your children along with you in that process. And um, that will be one of the most important things we can do as parents, I think. No, I haven't arrived, so I don't know. But <laughs> so I hear it's a um, real life training is really helpful for them. Yes, and and I'll brag because she won't say it, but they I've really watched um, Brittany and her husband Taylor. Um, they um, they practice that concept of blending, which is just including their kids in everyday ministry and life, and um, just they they do that. Um, I watch um, Taylor uh, on Sunday mornings come early, and he'll take, bring a different one of his kids each week and um, just bring them along to help with um, we're a portable church. So they come and they help, you know, set up our church. Um, and then he makes it special. He'll, you know, take them for uh, breakfast. And, you know, I watched them do that. And, um, McDonald's. Yeah, they, I think it's McDonald's, right? <laughs> yes. Um, and, my, I mean, not only is are they allowing their kids to see the ministry of the church, but they're, they're making it sweet by creating memories too, um, that'll last. And, um, I have watched Brittany, um, just open her home so many times. Um, and it's a very welcoming space and, um, just, and she includes her kids in that process of, of welcoming people into their home. And I've always felt really comfortable and their place has been a real um, space for ministry and for um, just a lot of um, helpful conversations that happened around their home <laughs> and um, per- on a personal level too. So, uh, and a lot of that is just, you know, letting our kids be a part of that and they get to observe and um, be, you know, they, they just include their kids in it. And I appreciate that. Um, I am so thankful to hear your heart, um, today on the podcast, Brittany, thank you for sharing. Um, I'm encouraged. I've been encouraged to see your upbeat attitude and your perspective as you raise your kids. Um, as moms, it's hard to come up for air as we're parenting every day. (laughs) So I, it's my hope that this podcast allows, um, you moms to just be refreshed and encouraged and to, um, you know, get back out there and continue this, um, amazing opportunity that, um, we've been blessed with, uh, to be mamas. And so, um, I really hope it's been a help and an encouragement to you as you seek to train your child to love God and to know him. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.